Welcome to the Upper Tier Podcast, the football show brought to you by the Dynamo Podcast Network. My name is the coach, Niall Hogan. I'm your host for the evening, and I am joined by Ian, the agent Kelly. Ian, how you doing? How are you doing? Good. And Peter Hart from Peter Hart Graphics, one of our sponsors from the show. Peter, how you doing? All good. Good. And we're also joined tonight by from Stars and Stripes, Dara Marr from the ASI podcast covering all American sports, also available on the Dynamo Podcast Network. How's everyone? All good, man. Good. Oh, good. I love that name, Stars and Stripes himself. I love Excellent. it. <laughs> so on tonight's show, we're going to cover a re-look at the Champions League. We're at the halfway stage and also at the Europa League. And at the end of the show, then, we're going to have a discussion as the debate that's always in the room, Messi versus Ronaldo. So let me kick it off then as we talk about, say, Group A. Looking at Group A, it looks like it's Bayern and Atletico. Um are in pole position, no surprises there. And also you can see that Moscow are still in touch from a couple of interesting results, but Salzburg are struggling obviously they've sold some players. Any thoughts on Group A guys? I think it's laid out as much as much as we thought it would be anyway, with the two sort of big sides from Germany and Spain sort of leading the way. Um Bayern a good bit ahead though of Atletico as well which might have thought Atletico might have got closer but sure it's going how it should yeah like Atletico have I mean it just seemed like how do they actually keep all their strikers happy like they have they always seem to have about 20 strikers don't they they have like Costa Joe Felix um, Suarez who else they've got a couple of other lads there um, what's your man uh, French guy I'll find him up here now but they always seem to uh, have uh, Gamero or something isn't it Gamero yeah that's it um, they always seem to like and he, cha- he chops he chops and changes from like playing one up top to two up top and stuff it's yeah I mean although he does always get them older as well where they're probably happy to chop and change a little bit but um, I was just I was just hoping when Bayern play Atletico because I'm not a Bayern fan at all that Costa and Suarez would just go to town on um, Muller and a, a few lads off Bayern. That would be fun to watch. Yeah, Suarez actually was diagnosed with COVID this week, wasn't he? So he's out of action at the moment. Hopefully that stays yeah. with him now for a while. Harsh, harsh. Well, I'm just over COVID, so I can say that. It's all good. He'd be grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moving on then to Group B. Group B is kind of like kind of the shock so far at this stage insofar as Real Madrid and Inter are taking up the bottom two places um, but I still would assume sort of with three games to go that they'll probably end up prevailing it's still a very very tight group and I'd be surprised if those two don't go through I don't know <clears throat> I could see Madrid uh, camping out in the Europa League this year same I have a I have a weird feeling even though I'm a, I'm a Real guy myself but um, yeah I don't know I just had this weird thought today exactly like Peter did that uh, I think Inter will get there because Conte just always finds a way to win they'll they'll, you know they might even stumble their way over with a 1-0 here or there or whatever but I just think Real are um, yeah it's like it's like United in in England and Real in Spain something's happening that's, that's just I don't know it's, it's very strange yeah, it's a weird one with Real for sure, and it's I guess it all comes down to if Zidane survives. Um, if he if he loses his job, I say they actually would have a chance 
of getting through, but he just doesn't seem to be getting the tune out of the players at the moment. And like, it's not the easiest group. He still has to go away to Shakhtar and away to Inter and home to Munch and Gladbach in the last three games. And they're tough places to get results. Really, really tough games. Then when you do, when you actually say that on paper, you got to go to Germany, you got to go to Ukraine, and then go to the San Siro. You know, well, he, no, he doesn't have to go to Germany again. They went to Germany and drew. Oh, they went. So okay, that, that's sorry. the only home game they have left. Sorry, my apologies. I thought you were saying that. It's not even a home game. They play it at their training ground. They don't even go to the Bernabeu for these yeah. games. Maybe that's the issue. Could be. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to Group C. Um, no real surprises here. I'd expect Man City and Porto both to qualify. Probably the most disappointing in this group has probably been Marseille. Probably expected a bit more out of them considering they're finishing the French League last year. But um, yeah, I think it's just I think it's down to City and Porto here. Yeah, you'll skate through that group easily enough, make it to the quarterfinals, and then bottle it. So. No. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still a little salty about seeing and in that group though. But do you remember from the the group stage, uh, the draw itself, that United and City were the only two teams left in pot two to be given groups, and United came out of the uh, the pot, and they were instantly put into Group H because they didn't want United and Liverpool playing on the same nights for uh, viewership numbers. They wanted to have them on the separate nights, so United had to be yeah. automatically put to Group H. Yeah. So it was like how the city stole United at spot really. Yeah. But it wouldn't oh, be the this is, listen, it wouldn't be the first time a Manchester team has got an easy draw in a, in, in any competition, do you know what I mean? So but I see Dara's easy draws. I see Dara's point though. Um yeah, like it's it's about viewership. So it it's so contrived in that sense, isn't it? It's money talks at the end of the day. Yeah. In fairness, in fairness to United and they come to it shortly they, they've done pretty good considering the group they were drawn in anyway well, they have yeah like well, hindsight yeah, it's twenty twenty, but at the time it was definitely salty about it. in the yeah, Champions absolutely. League they've been good yeah yeah so moving on then to Group D we have Liverpool here almost qualified at this stage needing probably another couple of points max and then it's, it's between then it's between Ajax and Atalanta to fight out for second spot on equal points so far <laughs> Any thoughts uh, on that one, guys? Who's Liverpool got left to play? Play everyone again, though. I mean, still have to play all three. I mean, away and home. Like, what way do the fixtures run? Uh, we've Ajax at home because we played them away. Right, they'll um, beat you. Uh, don't think so. They will. You have no defence, man. Ah, that Ajax is only a shadow of the team. Listen, you don't get penalties in the Champions League. It's only the Premier League. So, right, that's a loss. Um, we, ha- we haven't got the United. We've... <laughs> yeah, no, I think looking at the fixtures, the fixtures are favourable and uh, favourable enough. To be honest with you, I think probably another draw would see us there anyway. So yeah, yeah, and then obviously the damage will be done in the knockout. You'd be knocked out again in the in the first round. Probably no, the first round by the time we get around to the knockouts, we probably have a good few players back, so I wouldn't be too worried about. It. Plus we'll have, so, no, plus we'll have bought a few in in January, so there's no problem. You have no money left, so yeah, we were chatting to Cooley Bali today. So Listen, you got the the community whip around was done at the start of the transfer window. You have nothing left. <laughs> the bins are empty. There's plenty of money in that. Once LeBron's involved, there's plenty of money LeBron, there. LeBron doesn't give a show about anyone but LeBron. <laughs> he likes the jersey. <laughs> that's about it. It's cheap, yeah. that's why. So then, moving on to Group B, I'm sure, Ian, you'll be fairly passionate about this one. Bring um, it on, lads. <laughs> yeah, it's basically Chelsea, the Chelsea-Sevilla show, and 
My yeah. guess is Chelsea coming out on top spot in Sevilla second. Chelsea Sevilla are on good, fire though. at the moment. Sevilla. Chelsea are on fire in this tournament at the moment. They are, but Sevilla are actually a pretty good team, I have to say. Like they're they're kind of um they they they've looked decent. Um, I mean they looked decent yeah. at Stamford Bridge, even though you know it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a great they tend, game. They tend to be sort of grinders, though, don't they? They tend yeah. to be those grinders of results, whereas at the moment, you are free scoring and free flowing for fun. And um, seem to have hit your form now with all your new signings and Frank and all. Yeah. yeah that return yeah. game in Sevilla is going to be the one that will probably determine who tops that group. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the decider. The Thiago Silva show, lads, and the Mendy show. Has anyone looked at the stats for Mendy in the last 10 games? It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, I mean, this was a keeper that was meant to be brought in just as a stopgap, you know, until next season that they could hopefully get rid of Kepa and then maybe bring in the likes of a Donnarumma or an Oblak or somebody like that. But my God, this guy has just come in and shored up that defence. And I know we talked about it on the last show, the three boys speak French and all that, but... He looks like um, he's a Peter Cech sign, and obviously Peter Cech has a good eye for a goalkeeper. So it's yeah. uh, that's that's it's also, big key. Yeah, it's, it's also the confidence he's given Kurt Zuma and guys like that as well. Yeah. They're playing out of their skin at the moment as well. So it just goes to show, um, not dissimilar to what happened at Liverpool. As I well, was going to say Liverpool when Allison came in. Yeah, exactly. When Allison yeah. came in, he get, when when when, yeah. when the midfield and the attacking players know that their job is to do their job and not constantly track yeah. back, and they they're yeah. confident in their defence. Mm. You know, that's 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 half yeah. the battle, I suppose. But I think looking at the start of the season as well, Kurt Zuma looked quite nervous with Kepa behind him, and I think once Mendy came Anyone in, would. there was like a different player. Marcel Desailly would look nervous with Kepa behind him, yeah. and Paolo Maldini would look nervous with Kepa behind him. So. Yeah. Um, that's that's just Kepa unfortunately the poor lad <laughs> should really I don't know <laughs> do tennis or something ask Nadal to train him or yeah. something like that I don't it know it all started going downhill with him when he refused to be substituted yeah. <laughs> he did well when he did refuse though in fairness he had a good penalty shooter Dara any thoughts on Chelsea at the moment <sighs> it's everything that you guys have been saying I sort of agree with um, you know they, they sort of they, they had all their attacking flair the start of the season but they couldn't defend the St. Louis but it looks like they're starting to sort that out now so you know it's uh, it's looking it's looking promising for them at the moment to see they, if they can continue in if the uh, other players now that are getting fit the Pulisic and the ZX can blend into the squad yeah, it's a tough decision for, for Lampard though to get 11 out there that well, I'll say one thing. Zayek has already blended in. What's it? Four games, three assists and a goal already. He he seems to be the star of the show. But I do agree with your point there. I do. They're waving their plastic flags and they've earned it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also when you look at their bench as well, the bench is so strong as well. Like You know? Um, so moving on then to Group F again. Probably not much of a surprise here, except that Brewers are kind of still in the running. But it's Dortmund and Lazio leading the way. Um, and I would expect that to remain the same as the places move on and the games get played. So I don't see any um, surprises coming there from Brewers, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, uh, you'd like to see Lazio back in the knockout. You know, it's been a long time since Lazio have kind of got yeah. um, past, the, past the group stages. Lazio, historically, especially in the 90s, a big Italian team. I'm sure you would all agree. Um so it's good to see some of the Italian football teams that we grew up with kind of loving some of their players, you know, and don't forget Crespo and Veron at Lazio and 
Almeida and players like that. We we loved watching yeah. them. So it's good to see yeah. the big names kind of uh, kind of coming back. I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I'm well, um, surprised by Zenit being so poor though. Normally, like there's always one Russian side that sort of plays well in Champions League, and it's normally Zenit. They normally get yeah. the, the players in, but they they've been very disappointing as well. Especially since they have like, the best centre half in the world. Who's that meant to be? Didn't Lovren move there? Did he? <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, he you, you got it wrong. The self-proclaimed best sure, centre in the world. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he? Didn't he win on his first debut? Didn't he win a cup or something? Didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> best best defender in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so then moving on from that, then even as a Liverpool fan, Group G. Uh, <laughs> Kind of no shock here. Um, Barcelona and Juventus. Um, really, the the Ronaldo Messi show, and we'll get onto that later. No oh, doubt. I can't wait. But um, interesting. Barcelona's form. Barcelona's form in the Champions League has been very, very strong, especially kind of in stark contrast to their league form. Um, yeah, it's totally, um, totally shocking, really, to think they've been struggling so badly in the league and yet in the Champions League. Referees. <laughs> yeah well like it hasn't it been that though like all the goals that Messi has scored this season all have been penalties he's got one from open play brown envelopes I'm a bitch's boy and know all about that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> wouldn't the brownfish just not bother with the brown envelope it's a waste of paper yeah. no that's it's 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 AK-47s my friend <laughs> <laughs> barrels of oil huh? <laughs> yeah. lots of it lots of it bodies in oil yeah so Moving on from that, I don't think we, we, we'd have any change there in terms of Barcelona. Yeah, those two are going through, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then moving on to Group H, which is really a surprise one in the tournament, really. It's Man United's group. Dara, you might want to take this one. Yeah. But, um, Man United had gotten off, considering their league form as well, had gotten off to a flying start in this group, taking out PSG and Leipzig, but then falling to Istanbul, which was kind of a major shock on the back of the Arsenal performance. Winning um, Istanbul isn't for everyone. No, it isn't. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, but um, at, the, at this point, I don't see them... I don't see qualifying being a problem around like that. I think they'll skate through. They found a bit more form and they came back a bit with the Everton game and stuff like that and I'd expect them to push on. Yeah, well, it's just a, it's just a typical sort of Ollie, you know, rain as United manager. And I know you, we said we'll get into it in a later show, so I won't delve into too much there tonight. But, you know, the, the games that he, you think that he's going to lose, he wins. And the games that he should win, he loses. You know, and that's sort of how this group stage has been going you know it's that, that game against PSG he got everything just bang on like tactically and everything and uh, PSG now weren't great themselves I should mention that too but the game against Leipzig obviously winning 5-0 against the the league leaders in Germany is always a great result and then he goes and spoils it all by doing something stupid like losing in Istanbul you know um, yeah. It's like if he had won that game, you know, three points clear, you know, you could afford to lose one of the games against Leipzig or PSG. And now, you know, he has to sort of, he obviously has to win that return game against Istanbul, which is at home. PSG is at home and Leipzig away on the last game of the, of the group stage. And if it goes to the last game of the group stage, I, I don't want to be going over to Germany needing a result to make it through. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that, actually, just if I could chime in, because obviously Leipzig... Um, you know, not to throw a, you know, not to throw a Timo Werner in there, but it is a different team without a Timo Werner. Also, do you know what I mean? Um, but Germany in general, I mean, that was a phenomenal result. When I when I looked at the uh, the score, because Chelsea were playing the same time, so I was watching Chelsea. But when I looked at the score five 0 I was like, wow, you have to hand it to United on that. Do you know what I mean? That was a, a phenomenal result. Um, but I'd agree with Daryl. Like, you don't want to be an English team going away to Germany needing a result. But I do honestly think United will. I think you, I don't think it'll come to that. I think you'll probably wrap it up before that. PSG don't look great this year in the Champions League either. I've got to say, their tactics look a little bit all over the shop as well. No, and, um, and the best thing that could happen is the next round of games is United at home to Istanbul and PSG against Leipzig. So for United to beat Istanbul and then Leipzig to beat PSG, at least then we know there's only two teams in it. Then. Well, look at it. I heard some talk in France. I uh, heard Fabrizio Romano talk about it as well. And it shows you, like, you know, it's the if we flip the coin here at the start of the show I mentioned how important Thiago Silva is all of a sudden to Chelsea along with Mendy how important was he to PSG as well you know yeah. the Marquinhos and you know the Kimpembe's and all that you know they're good players and stuff but I mean that that was the leader of that of that group you know what I mean so just, yeah, uh, there's no experience back there. Yeah, exactly. Sort of yeah, help them out in difficult times. Yeah, yeah, he's still the best well, think, def- uh, central defender <clears throat> in the world. Really, he is. Lovren, get um, over it, lads. <laughs> Van Dijk is a chancer this year. Anyway, injury came at the right time, so Thiago Silva came in and Van Dijk went on going hiding for a while. Sorry, <laughs> oh, Silva's hips will go eventually. <laughs> oh, they will, but he's thirty-six. But uh, Van Dijk's knees are already going, and he's what eighteen. Some carrying our team. <laughs> Probably, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be honest, though, I think uh, United, I think they'll go through. I think they might push to the quarter semis of the Champions League this year. And I think that'll keep Oli, that'll get a two-year extension. Oh, no, I think Pochettino will be in by the time they get to the knockout phase. I don't know, I think they're, I think they're playing uh, too much of a tease game with Pochettino and he's just going to, eventually he's going to be sick of it. Pochettino will get the PSG job when they sack two. Or Barcelona. Uh, he wouldn't go to Barcelona because or he not Barcelona, Real Madrid. I meant to say. Sorry, my apologies. Real Madrid. He'd be, oh, he'd, be, yeah. he'd be the uh, he'd be the prime candidate for the Real Madrid job. I meant to say. I know he wouldn't go to Barca. Would too. And then United you know, will hire someone like Dwight York as their temporary manager. Yep. Or, or the, uh, the City job. There's rumours going around that Pep could leave City. <clears throat> Where would yeah. he go to United? <laughs> No, I wouldn't even have him at United. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Guardiola, not Guardiola. Your chance are him. Uh, yeah, Pepe will end up out. back at Barca eventually, <laughs> won't he? You're, you're, yeah. you're, crying out, you're crying out for a winner, though, there, aren't you? Yeah, but with Guardiola to be a winner, you need to be able to give him like 500 million a summer so he can spend it on fullbacks he'll never use. <laughs> well, you've been spending around 180 to 200, so it's not too bad, is it? Yeah, we'll still get to save that Harry much. Maguire. That, the Harry Maguire. still one. save that 300 million to pay out dividends to the Glazers, you know, so... Get rid of Pogba's wages, it should be all right. They, they, they and, might and be... Take uh, Harry Maguire out of you. He takes up way too much space in the locker room with the size of that head. They, they, <laughs> they, they might be more inclined to open up the wallet a bit deeper if they had a proper manager in there, would they? <laughs> 
no, because it, it's perfect with Solskjaer and Charles that they don't have to then open the wallet. You know, don't <laughs> have to pay the, the high right? wages for a manager, and then they don't have to pay the high transfer fees for players either. I'm sure we're going to get onto this later in the week. We, we shouldn't give too much absolutely, away, but this yeah. is a little sneak. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. I am going to make an appearance on this one. <laughs> you sound like you'd miss it now if you didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so that's our um, that's our wrap up of um, halfway through the Champions League and how we think it's going to pan out. Um, if any of the listeners have any thoughts, of course, hit us up on all our social media platforms: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all that. Um, so moving on then to the Europa League, um, just so we include all our Thursday night football fans. Um, none of them on this, of course. <laughs> but uh, starting with Group like B, fans on this. <laughs> yeah, not yet. <laughs> But starting with uh, Group A, Rome is expected, I would say, top with second spot up for grabs with young boys and clues. I'd expect young boys with their experience in the competition to, to pick that one. Any thoughts on that one, guys? Yeah, standard. Yeah. yeah. yeah, And B is Arsenal's group. So Arsenal in control, really. Again, um, stark contrast between their league form and their European form. Again, it's the level at which you're playing at. Um, Molde coming second. Um, the only downside for us probably is, as being Irish, is uh, the fact that Dundalk haven't done so good in it. They've shown um, patches of brilliance at times, but haven't been able to sustain any of the matches overnight. I minutes, couldn't really. give a bollocks about Dundalk. I'm a Bray Wanderers fan, so I don't give two shites. Uh, you have to support your own, you know. You Horrible just... town. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think Arsenal and, and Molde for me anyway. So, um, looking at Group C, Group C is a kind of a tight group, but all teams are still in contention. I'd expect sort of Leverkusen to top the group, even though with the players that they've sold. And then it's really one either from the other three, Nice, pra- Prague or Hapoel. Um, probably leaning more towards Nice um, than the other two, but... Again, that remains to be seen. Um, Group D, no predictions required here at all. Both Rangers and Benfica go through. Gerard doing a stellar job up at the Blues at the moment, but obviously never discount the Portuguese. Was you. Plenty of experience. Hey, listen. The fucking Blues, Gerard. Yeah, yeah. You have to support your own, lads. Don't worry, yeah. No, 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 no. No, you have to. You have to. Listen. You have to give credit where credit's due. He's gone in there to Rangers. I give him no credit. He's a fucking clown is what he is of a manager. He's a clown of a manager, a clown of a player. Never won nothing, never will. Moving along. (laughs) Okay. Group B. Actually, before we move on, any thoughts on that, Peter? Because you're a Liverpool I love the way he so. actually went. I was like, I threw in the fishing rod there, and I was like, now move along, and you move. I'm glad you went back to that there. Yeah, well, I've got to go back, because I can't let you just walk away like yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, come on, lads. Where's the fight gone? <laughs> These fish don't bite a plastic. <laughs> I mean, what what I was remember it? Lamp- Lampard done a great job at Derby. Oh, Jerry, yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> He did. No, he did. He did. He was actually playing the championship level and got to the playoffs. Gerard didn't win the league in, a, in the Sunday yeah. pub league. Right, we'll, yeah. move, we'll move on to Group B. Against then. Neil Lennon, of all people. Neil fucking Lennon. You may as well have Paddy McGee from Bleeding, the local Sunday league manager against him, would you stop? You'll notice as we move down through these groups, it gets more and more interesting, as you can imagine. So looking at Group B, we're looking at Granada and... 
but PSV should still make it interesting in the running because they're still in the running for it. So yeah. not much more to say that group. F, uh, AZ, Alkmaar, Napoli and Sausadad all on six points. Nice tight group there. Next two rounds of fixtures looking at them should really sort out the men from the boys. Um, I'm thinking Napoli and Sausadad. Yeah. On that one. Yeah. Um, then moving on, group G. Uh, Leicester on fire here. No bother playing. Lovely attacking brand of football. Coasting through the group, to be honest, with Braha coming second and AEK just based on experience. So that's my thoughts on G. H. Lille have ran this group with Milan, close second. Celtic have obviously been the disappointment in it because they're bottom of the group and they've really done nothing in Europe this year. Neil Lennon, yeah. Not even yeah, in the Scottish so, League. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so really poor. He's, 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 he's Martin O'Neill all over like do you know what I mean yeah. and I know I'm only one years up about Stephen Gerrard in fairness but like it shows you how bad that league is realistically doesn't it like that I mean Neil Lennon an absolute chancer of a manager and they brought him back it's just I'm not sure why they haven't dissolved that league into the English leagues now like yeah I mean at least well do you know seen. what at least looking at Gerrard's Rangers like you know and everyone knows I'm a big Celt so I don't like giving them Rangers fuckers any credit no offence to all you English listeners that like Rangers but yeah it's the same deal you don't like Celtic we don't like you Um the way I look at it is I think Gerard at least is trying to play a brand of football that's progressive do you know what I mean whereas Neil Lennon like Jesus Christ he's still living on the, you know the Chris Sutton Henrik Larson partnership back in 1998 it's just it's it's dreadful dreadful yeah yeah so moving on down group boy, uh, no surprise here, Villarreal and Maccabi easing through. Um, group J, probably the most competitive group in the tournament, um, only because of Tottenham dropping points to Antwerp in the shock result. Um, but I would expect Spurs to top the group and then runners up as a flip between Antwerp and Lask, to be honest. Yeah, Jose to win is uh, to win the Europa League there, I think. That like a standard thing now every second season on a new job he's going to win the Europa League yeah pretty much <laughs> I think so would you agree Darren yeah probably yeah. he probably will rather that than win the Premier League but listen it'll, at least it's a trophy for Tottenham yeah. yeah, it would be a huge. It, it would be um, it would be up there with getting United to come second in the Premiership, wouldn't it? Yeah, Probably. huge achievement. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> so Group K is an interesting group with Zagreb leading the way, but a group that could easily flip in the end if Fiorentina and Moscow come sh- uh, come and show some form. What's the what's Dynamo's uh, or sorry, what's what's Zagreb's full name? Uh, what do you call it? Dynamo Zagreb. I think yeah, Zagreb. that's the one, yeah. They're my bet. <laughs> I think they got rid of the uh, They're my bet. They're going to win it. <laughs> yeah. Tottenham are going to win it. Dynamo Zagreb, all the way. <laughs> and then wrapping up a group, Bell, we have Hoffenheim leading the way with easy three wins, 10 goal difference. Um, and they should come uh, with Staya coming to close, second seal in second place. So no surprises in that group either. So that kind of wraps up our Europa League for our Thursday night football listeners out there. <laughs> Um, so in the next part of the show now we're going to get on to um, some debate that comes up all the time and it's the Ronaldo-Messi debate um, so we'd like to hear everyone's thoughts on that starting probably with you Ian um, it's always a topic that comes up and it's always an interesting uh, discussion yeah I'm, I'm look that's a good one I just wanted to just, just a little caveat there to Thursday Night Football 
it's amazing, isn't it, that uh, some of these, like, these, uh, I suppose, you know, descriptions that we use for things, like, all came from Chelsea. Park the bus, Mourinho. Thursday night football came from Ashley Cole when he was shouting at our Arsenal, enjoy your Thursday night football in the tunnel. So I love these, uh, I love the way some of these little kind of names that we give them come from players themselves, like the prawn sandwich eaters, Roy Keane, you know, just great stuff. Uh, um, Kyle Walker's an idiot, Roy Keane. Huh? <laughs> Kyle Walker is an idiot, Roy Keane. Yeah, Roy Keane is just the best. <laughs> just... I agree with that statement too. Um, Man City have put a complaint about that. Well, let them, let them. It's the snowflake era, so they probably will, but he is an idiot, so let them put a complaint in a bit. I, I, had, a, I had a look back at that today, and I think I would have been more insulted about being called car crash than I would have been called an idiot. Listen, <laughs> Arian Robin one time was called a bird brain from Eamon Dunphy, and he got over it, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Look, he used to call Ronaldo a cod. A cod. That boy Ronaldo was a cod. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure whether. I'm not sure whether Robin got over it or he just ran off to Germany. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Sunis <laughs> came back and told him what the source was. Yeah, possibly. Certainly as Pogba's number. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, then now that lad is a cod. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the Ronaldo Messi debate it is such a it is a hard one, like because you know it's 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 horses for courses, really. Like, I mean, personally, I think it really boils down to personal preference, doesn't it? Um, who you prefer? For me, Ronaldo. For me, every day, all day long. Um, I mean, they both they're both match winners. They both win in the big games. They both, you know. It's not like one just has a set of numbers and the other has a lower set of numbers and he performs in the big games, but the other lad scores every week. It's it's actually, it's a flip of a coin, really. And I think it really boils down to personal preference. I don't know about you, lads, but I'd be, I'd be a Ronaldo man um, for sure, purely because I still think Maradona is the greatest footballer of all time. That's still my opinion. Because I think we talk eras as well. You know, people go, oh, well... Look at Pele's numbers and look at you know look at Maradona's numbers compared to Messi. I think, look, it's it's different eras of football. I mean, Maradona was playing in leagues like the Italian league, where you know if you won one nil, you were lucky. You know, getting goals wasn't that you know wasn't that easy considering the the level of defenses that you were up against then. So I don't know how, how you lads feel about it, but um, for me, it would be Ronaldo. But I think. I think comparing Ronaldo and Messi to all players that came before them, I think of our generation, they're the best ever. But I mean, it's it. You know, you you talk to a guy who's, you know, in his late fifties. You know, he'll t- he'll probably tell you Pele or, or Maradona's the best he's ever seen. Peter, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, honestly, five years ago, Messi all the way. Last five years, uh, as much as it kills me, I'd say Ronaldo. It's. Messi, it's, I've seen it t- said before, Messi is naturally talented, naturally gifted. Ronaldo worked at it. Ronaldo built it. Whereas Messi was just was born with it. And you can see that now. Is Messi's gotten lazy the last few years. And when he's not in the humour, he won't perform. Whereas Ronaldo is constantly on the go, no matter where he goes. 
and Ronaldo can do it on an international level. On what you said there, Peter, if you don't mind me just chiming in, I'd actually agree with you. I think I think the two greatest, most naturally gifted players, if you want to call them at that level, probably would be Maradona and Messi. It's just natural to them. Um, but I agree with that. With Messi, he's never chanced it doing it outside. Ronaldo has now done it in the Premier League. He's done it in... in, in um, He's done it in the Spain, and he's now doing it in Italy as well. Do you know what I mean? And and Juventus, you know, they're one of those teams. This seems to be the year of uh, poor form in your own league, perform well in the in in the Champions League. Who's to say Juventus can't go on uh, and perform well in the Champions League too? So I'd agree with that. And on to Dara, what's your thoughts, Dara? Yeah, no, I I would be in the in the Ronaldo camp. Um, I like I I, I don't like uh, going third in this because all you guys take my points away and I don't like that. But uh, yeah, I think one of the big factors is in deciding who is uh, who you believe is better is like Messi has stayed at the has stayed at the one club all his career and Ronaldo has gone to different leagues and he's had the same performance level in each of those teams that he's played in, whether it be United. Uh, Real uh, Juventus and to be fair in uh, when it comes to international football you know he obviously has uh, dragged Portugal to uh, obviously Euro Euros uh, glory um, Messi there's always been that question mark about him and Argentina uh, and Ronaldo obviously there has never been a question mark about his um, play and, and how good he is uh, for for Portugal too so Amazing. for those reasons I eight, eight goals off reaching the Ali Doi record as well yeah I think yeah. it's I think it's eight goals yeah for eight sure. goals yeah um, that's incredible so yeah and I think the the like that like and Ronaldo's always tagged with the like you know the what you say the ego the egotistical one and Messi was just a quiet guy that got on with his job and we've sort of seen the roles reverse now like uh, Pierre said in the last five years where it's been Ronaldo getting on with his job and Messi now especially like obviously what happened in the summer with him wanting to leave and everything like that has become the more ego driven one where if it's not his way then he doesn't he's not up to it at all so yeah it's it's like I said I, I think Ronaldo Ronaldo is my guy and like I think yeah I think that's why for me he's he he is the better one uh, than Messi. Well, I think yeah, I think so. I think it's also mm-hmm. it's a case of um, of Barcelona, you know, playing down this good guy club gimmick that they've had for such a long time, you know, as well of oh we we don't do anything bad. Like I mean, look at we had UNICEF on our jersey one time, yeah, you know, and it, you know we, we don't cheat, we don't do this or that, and it's like no, it's just it's a bit of a shambles in that sense. It's a gimmick. They're just as money hungry as any other club. Do you know what I mean? And Messi is just as much money hungry as anyone else, considering the amount of money that Messi is on. He's on half a million a week, basically. You know. Yeah. So don't give me this absolute crap. Like when you're players like Didier Drogba and you go and stop a civil war and build nine hospitals in your own country. And that's just an example of there's plenty of players that are doing it. I mean, look at Marcus Rashford as well, that do that. Um I think that was a lot of the time that Dara was right, what he touched on there, that it was like, oh, well, Ronaldo is the bad guy and 
Messi's the good guy, the quiet guy, whereas look at what Ronaldo's done for his country. Do you know what I mean? And what he's done for charities as well. So they're all good people. It's What it really boils down to is who is the best player and who gets them out of the doldrums. I think Messi is happy being at Barcelona. Um, I don't think Messi would... Especially now, I don't think he would have nearly the impact in the Premier League that uh, that some people think. I don't think he ever would have uh, hit the numbers in the Premier League that that um, that he did in, in Spain. Whereas Ronaldo did, and I think if Ronaldo came back to United tomorrow, or if he came back to, or if he went to Chelsea tomorrow, or Liverpool tomorrow, um, or any of the top say six teams, I think Ronaldo would still be hitting close to the thirty goal mark every season. So I think that's really the difference. It's a, it's just, it's a drive. It's a different. It's drive, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's Ronaldo as well. As kind of, he's more that Premiership build, isn't he? And that kind of Premiership athlete, the modern think, athlete, yeah. Yeah, but I think he like he'd hold his own. He's very strong and powerful, and all. not that Messi isn't. But I think Messi, you know, with those size issues and stuff like that, I think he'd be found out pretty quick. There's very few. There's only a handful of small guys really that have really looked apart when they're in the Premiership. But again, I think like you guys as well, and I have to agree with Dara when you look at Ronaldo's whole body of work, both from international level and from all the club moves and stuff like that and you probably look at Ronaldo's trophy cabinet it probably looks probably a lot more appealing than Messi's insofar as it's so much more dynamic there's, there's, a, there's, there's kind of a bit of everything in his cabinet really if you think about it so he could look back on his career and go you know I, I kind of did it everywhere I went mm-hmm. um, and I'd also say that like from Ronaldo's point of view I think he's a natural leader out there as well and I think when he's around players he raises their game as well because you'll notice as well yeah. even on a lot of the big stages that he plays on even if he doesn't potentially show by his 80, 90, 100% on the day he'll always still have an influence on the game one way or another through other players as well and I think that's a huge trade whereas if you look at Messi if Messi doesn't show up on the day typically his teams don't show up on the day because they all look to him all the time and um, I, ju- I just think more often than not at times when um, you know when they're in those big games more often than not he just kind of he tends to go missing especially when he travels onto English soil anyway he doesn't tend to travel too well there um, whereas Ronaldo has you know no problem showing up playing wherever because of his experience well, yeah, I think also, I just, sorry Dara go ahead sorry I was just going to say just a, a great example of something like that like you were saying is if you uh, go flashback to the Euro 2016 final uh, when Portugal played France and Ronaldo got injured in the first 10 minutes and he had to be taken off instead of feeling sorry for himself and you know oh me it was my final I was going to win and now I'm being taken out of it he stood on that sideline encouraged his teammates for the whole 120 minutes of that game and got them to win that game and win that final I think if it was Argentina and Messi was doing that and that happened to Messi, I could not see him on the sideline and trying to encourage his teammate. No, Messi be gone down the tunnel. Yeah. (laughs) Messi be gone down the tunnel. Like, Ronaldo literally managed that team through that final with that manager. Like, you know, the manager was nearly like the assistant coach. He was so pumped up for it, you know? And and it was fantastic viewing for us to witness it. Yeah. Yeah. But you're looking at a real leader. Like when people talk about, you know, the LeBron James of this world, and rightly so, the Michael Jordans of this world, and, um, you know, Muhammad Ali's. Well, I mean, yeah, we're talking about team sports, but, you know, in team sports, when you look at the likes of, you know, the Babe Roots and the, the, the LeBron James and, 
Michael Jordans, I think, and you know, Peyton Mannings. I think realistically, Ronaldo has to be in that conversation because of how he leads. Also, do you know what I mean? He pulls yeah. teammates up by the ears and says, "Let's go." I mean, he's got that. You know, he's got that Serie A medal now, but that's not enough. He wants that. He wants to bring Juventus now into into Champions League level. You know, and yeah. you know, I'd say watch this space because Juventus have always been a sleeping joint in that sense. And if they can get things right, this could be the year also. So yeah, I think um, yeah, Ronaldo for me, it's a great conversation. No disrespect to Messi, but I think I think Ronaldo every day of the week for me. I think I think even with the Messi fans that are out there, and look, we're all fans of Messi as well. But I think with the Messi fans that are out there in this debate, I think over the last four years, when they look at the political game that Messi's been playing at Barcelona, that's probably somewhat tarnished their opinion he's on lost. him as well. Like, yeah, he's lost. Yeah, but he's kind of like he's been playing this chess game in the background, and he's been airing his dirty laundry out in the in the media and all that kind of thing. He's been doing all the things that are so kind of unprofessional. He's gone out as he's gone out of his way to kind of damage the reputation of the club as much as he could you get the feeling even in the summer with the carry on of him he was trying to force an issue where they'd actually drive him out of the club so then the fans would sort of side with him and it's you know this why always me again type of attitude you know what I mean like he he was trying to play the victim card when in yeah. actual fact he was the guy playing the political game in the background in reality he was even he was even he was even starting to bring up old quotes himself and I thought this was all bullshit but he was saying like how the young Chelsea team looked great and he'd love to play with some of the players like Mason Mount and all and then he was like on the other hand I love playing with Pep Guardiola as well so what was he trying to do start a bidding war between City and Chelsea then as well because he knew Chelsea had money just to just just to give Barcelona a little bit of stuff to look at and go oh yeah look they're willing to pay me maybe you should uh, maybe you know maybe I should have more power here is it power but, now at this point because how do you go yeah. from half a million a week to what what's the next level a million yeah but I think I think from his point of view as well, he was really only playing a game. Everyone knew he wasn't going to leave Barcelona, and if he was testing the market, it fell down poorly because no one was jumping on that wagon. No, and especially in especially in a COVID pandemic situation. Anyway, but I just thought I just thought with everything that was going on, especially with the pandemic and everyone else trying to get football up and running and being positive about it and get things going, I think it, his timing was awful. And to be honest, I, I think he it was borderline childish. To be honest, you know what I mean, and and it's not. Not what you would expect from a guy with a legacy of his at Barcelona, who you would see certainly as a future ambassador, certainly as a future manager, without a shadow of a doubt, if that's the role his career wanted to go. I mean, you could easily see Lionel Messi as a manager of Barcelona hoisting the Champions League in the future. Well, that's um, if he I think can he's manage. that a little bit now. That's if he can manage. Yeah, but like, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think even you know from their point of view on Barcelona, romance takes you a long way as well, you know. And I just think it, just think you tarnish that a little bit. Well, I think it again. I think you it got boils the from Barcelona in the summer nearly at one stage. They were probably yeah. Well, I think it all really boils down to again to this kind of false narrative that Barcelona have created for themselves over the course of time. Um, that they're just more than a club kind of attitude and you know I know Dara is a big fan of Barcelona and also I'm not I'm not being disrespectful in that sense but they are kind of 
they try and make out Real Madrid to be the villains and they're the club for the people but the, the, their fans are the first ones to turn on they're the most fickle fans you know anywhere um, yeah. they turn on players by well, flag just as much as the Real Madrid yeah. fans do as well yeah. so you know yeah. it's the same thing this whole we are Catalonia we are not Spanish it's like well yeah. why does Puyol put on the captain's armband for Spain then <laughs> you know, yeah. you why, know. Uh, why did uh, Iniesta score the winning goal in the World Cup for Spain? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you if you're Catalan and you don't want to be any part of Spain, well, then do what Ireland and Northern Ireland done. Then just make your own team. It's very simple. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm 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 uh, I'm Ronaldo all the way. I think that's that yeah. that's my feelings on this topic. Yeah. Well, my disappointment on him as well was really when he started talking about how. Um, the the players that Barcelona signed weren't meeting his expectation and they couldn't get in the, the level of the players that he expected and stuff like that. Meantime, in the background, he's absolutely financially rinsing the club. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like... Yeah. <laughs> It was it was kind of a, like it was a double edged sword and a lot of bad stuff came out of it and I don't think it did well Messi in any way, shape or form, you know what I mean? And I think if anything, it boosted the pedigree of Ronaldo in that conversation, you know what I mean? So that was my view on it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's probably uh, as far as we can go with this particular topic with with, yeah. with, uh, with Ronaldo. I think you've three lads that are probably agreeing with each other that Ronaldo is the uh, is the guy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think if any any of our listeners out there, if they want to chime in on this again, hit us up on all our social media platforms. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this debate because we're sure there's it's going to be a 50-50 split it normally always is down the, when, when you talk to people online about this um, but certainly an interesting debate and one that will be revisited again and again and again till, till both boys retire mm-hmm. but even after they retire it'll still be yeah yeah but I think it's like the, b- before that you had Pele and Maradona and now you have Messi and Ronaldo and um, we've kind of been blessed and kind of very lucky that we had two of them in the same era you know yeah so and, and in fairness it's a privilege to to have been in that era to watch both of them you know yeah. what I mean so it's like um, it's um, very beneficial for us as fans and stuff and like now we're in the Timo Werner era so uh, let's <laughs> 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 um, no, it, it, it's great. Uh, like as I say, I'm looking forward. What have we got next week, Noel? Uh, next week coming up, we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna have a. Um, we're gonna have a, a United fans on. We're gonna be talking about the situation at United. Um, we'll also be um, revisiting what we thought in the Champions League, and we'll be also having a chat about up and coming fixtures in the Premiership, plus some. Um, more news topics that have been coming up some interesting stuff coming out about Paul Pogba and various other things from Simon Jordan talking about how Gareth Southgate is the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer of international football so um, we have a couple of interesting topics to discuss over the next (coughs) couple of weeks anyway so yeah sounds good to me yeah Yeah, so I'd like to thank everyone for listening and I'd like to thank Ian the agent Kelly and from Stars and Stripes Dara Mar from the ASI podcast representing all things American sport and tune in next week.